Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Monday. All the best bits from the Mike Hoskin Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glen ZB, and this morning, um, uh, Matthew Tukaki. Hmm, some questions being asked about his CV. It doesn't matter. Uh, Ihumatau, I, I, I thought this had, had gone away and we were never talking about it ever again, but apparently we are. Uh, same with COVID. I thought that was finished. Surely that's finished by now, isn't it? And then um, cycle, some cycleways uh, Hosk recommends, even though he's never been on them. Or has he? But before any of that, Warriors are back, uh, and they won. Good effort. I'll tell you what, what a difference a home ground makes, eh? The Warriors... 300th win. They hadn't hadn't held aside a trialers for Yonks. The crowd was there. That alone says a lot about the Warriors and the fans, by the way. To be in the position they're in, to be having the season they are, to be on the table where they are and still get a full house says a lot about loyalty and consistency. It really was quite the afternoon. They also broke a seven-game losing streak. Seen the tonic they needed, really, back home with family, extended family at the park. Half-decent game to boot. Johnson couldn't miss his in kicking, despite the fact he doesn't kick much anymore. Rest of his kicking during the game was spot on. In many respects, he personified what a homecoming meant to the team. He, he played like you wanted him to play all season. He looked at peace. It's a reminder, and we're all guilty of forgetting, just how long it has been that they've been away. What sort of extraordinary toll it must have taken. I mean, remember we were all on board at the start, all full of sympathy. It was a major talking point until it wasn't. And that's human nature, isn't it? We sympathise until we get a bit bored with it. It's a cold, hard reality. But those who live with it bear and battle on, and we really only focus again when it's right in front of our eyes as it was yesterday. Uh, Crowds matter, clearly. Home grounds matter. If elite sport is mainly in the head, what better ingredient than peace and familiarity? And so it was with the Warriors yesterday. The Tigers, about the same place on the table, so it's not like we beat the Panthers. But the NRL is such a brilliant competition because it's so even, of course. We played well. We looked good. We did things consistently. We hadn't done in ages. Lots of people contributed. Lots of enjoyment was to be had in the victory. Did a lot of things, not least of which was adding another two points to a mega tally. As far as the season goes, it sort of had a if-only kind of feel about it, didn't it? But we'll take it. It shows the side is actually pretty good, that a lot more is possible, and it ain't over till it's over. I wish this was our year. I wish every day was like yesterday. I hope next week is like yesterday. But what we saw was plenty enough to keep the faith. Maybe next year. Strangely, I watched pretty much that whole game, uh, which I know I never watch the Warriors, but I just found myself sitting there yesterday afternoon with nothing to do, so banged it on. And um, they did do some good stuff. Uh, there was a time, in, especially in the second half there, where they were very flat, and I was worried that it was all going to turn to custard. Um, so I'm glad that didn't happen. So really, that was Wes just not really doing much themselves to help themselves I think is what happened there anyway like I say I'm glad they won Uh, and let's hope they keep winning Uh, meanwhile uh, Matthew uh, Tukaki is um, under the microscope because he seems to have embellished his his CV a bit it doesn't matter like if he just if he can do the job let him do the job or no so here's the interesting thing about Tukaki just to give you the background if you if you missed the TV one thing so there were two jobs one job he claimed that he drove the company through the GFC the company says that's not true uh, the other job was the aforementioned which was the UN job where he was elected 
and he, but he claims Ban Ki-moon appointed him. So you don't appoint an election, you confirm an election. So is it semantics or is he sort of enhancing or polishing up a CV in a way that's unacceptable? Now, here's the interesting thing for me. He won't talk to us this morning. This is a bloke who's regularly on ZB. This is a bloke, if you ring Matthew, he's on. No worries at all. All of a sudden this morning, because he's got a new job, he can't talk, allegedly. That's not a good look, and it smacks to me of defensiveness. Second part is this. As regards the ministerial appointment, now you can argue till you're blue in the face whether ministerial appointments and whether that particular mechanism makes any sense or not. And so if Kelvin Davis says, look, I'm the minister and I'm in charge and I know Matthew and he's a good bloke and he can have the job, uh, that's the way it is. So Davis has done nothing wrong. But let me tie in another name here, Mahuta. So the Mahuta investigation, and and I see parallels here with Tukaki and Mahuta for this reason. Mahuta, by the way, is under investigation, as I told you last week. This is the connection for her family jobs. Nothing untoward about it. Nothing. It's not met. No one's lied. Uh, no one's got a huge amount of money. But there's a red flag. Does it pass the pub test? No. So they're investigating that. Her defence, Mahuta's defence, is that when there is a conflict of interest in her family applying for, co- uh, for government contracts, who steps in? Kelvin Davis. Kelvin, I don't need to see your CV, Davis. Kelvin, I'm not really into the detail all that much, Davis. So when Mahuta says, don't worry, Kelvin's onto it, should we go, oh, that's okay, thank God for that, Kelvin's in charge, or should we go, what? You mean the same Kelvin does as it doesn't really check Matthew Tukaki's CV? And is Matthew Tukaki just another Brian Roach or Margaret Beasley? There are certain people the government love, and they keep appointing them and giving them jobs. Is it that simple? And then you ask the next question, is that approach acceptable? I mean, I saw him on the, he wouldn't come on our show today for some reason, but I saw him on the news last night. And when he uh, started trying to explain things, you, you smelt the BS through coming through the TV. So, yeah, there is that. That's, that's not great. Um, and, and Mike did ask somebody today, though, if it would pass the pub test. And to be honest, if there are two people in the pub, talking about this issue I'm, I think the manager's probably going to ask them to leave because they'll be scaring away other patrons uh, we'll move on to they'll, they'll be talking about Humato instead in the steering committee won't they <laughs> much more likely pub conversation is this astonishing or is it just me so first of all the people who sold the Humato to Fletcher's are the same people who then parked themselves on the land and wanted it back was none of the government's business until Ladoon got involved before her trip to Nui and said no more building Fletcher's stop We'll do a deal. That took for God knows long. Sent Willie Jackson and he hands over 30 million bucks and they buy the place. No houses built, of course, which is all Fletchers were trying to do in a country desperate for houses. But that's another issue. And here we are 18 months later and Willie on Friday, you'll note the day Friday, appointed a couple of people to the working group. They've announced their steering committee. Now, the rest of the steering committee is made up by a bunch of other people. Uh, Some of the Maori people are interested. Auckland Council's going to have an observer. None of that's been sorted out yet. 18 months in, and here's the here's the killer. Even when they do finally get around to announcing everybody who needs to be on the steering committee, so it's taken them 18 months to get sort of only halfway to that, even when they announce everybody who's going to be on the steering committee, they think it's going to be about another five years before they get it sorted, if they ever do. And you wonder what's wrong with this country. How can anything take five years? I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening. Stop trying to apply logic to things. I've got to keep reminding myself. Stop trying to apply logic to things. Otherwise, 
uh, when everybody's convinced that COVID's over, and I know that everybody thinks that COVID's over because I went to the theatre the other night and I was the only person in the foyer of the theatre with a mask on. Of all the hundreds of people who were there, I was the only person with a mask on. And I know that perhaps we didn't have to wear a mask. I mean, I get that, but anyway, then my host says this stuff. Now, I hesitate to raise this, but Australia's in the midst of a debate. We seem to be having a COVID comeback. And first of all, can I just implore the media? Can I implore the media in this country not to go back to the business of going to Michael Baker every half hour on the hour for days on end so that he can tell us all once again to lock ourselves down forever. I am deeply, deeply concerned that when Aisha Verrill, who's the new COVID minister, is interviewed, she doesn't rule out things like red lights. Let me tell you this. If we go to a red light again, I'm leaving the country. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm finished. Talking to a neighbour on the weekend, he's been in London for two months on business. And he said it's a completely different world. I'm talking to Andrew Alderson out there this morning, who's been in London for a month. He says it's a completely different world, and you have no idea how freeing it is to be out in that world and enjoying yourself, only to come back to a repressed little nation like New Zealand with your dumb mask rules that nobody understands anymore. And in Australia, they're starting to talk about the second booster. So you've got a second booster being uh, spruiked around here for over 50s and the vulnerable, all of which is fine if you want a second booster, go get a second booster. The debate in Australia is interesting. They can't work out whether they want to hold out for a Omicron-specific jab, which is still being worked on but may well be available soon, or just to roll out a second booster for everybody. So cases are starting to rise all over the world, and that's starting to get all the so-called experts a little bit warmed up. So, yeah, I've got that on uh, record. The HOSC will leave the country. If we go back into red, that's the bridge he's going to die on, apparently. Um, Okay. Uh, let's move on to cycleways. Apparently not all cycleways are bad, according to the Hosk. Uh, although he hasn't actually been on any actual cycleways per se. John Key, he had that big get-together, a day's worth of get-togethers to come up with good ideas. And one of the good ideas that came out of it was a cycle trail uh, up and down the country. And that is, that's a tangible, living, breathing example of something that happened in a meeting that actually came to fruition which is very nice. And by the way, I've got a thing at home called iFit, which is a spin bike with a screen. It's like a Peloton, and you punch up rides all over the world. And there's a couple in there in New Zealand, in the Wanaka Cycle Trail, which I've never been to in person, but I've done it on the, on the, on the iFit. The Wanaka Cycle Trail is exceptional, absolutely beautiful, and well worth going to. Next time you're in that particular part of the world, you don't have to cycle. So, so you're recommending people go on a trail that you haven't actually... Oh, no, I've been there. I've been there sort of, you know, by a, you know, whatever you call it. But um, it's it's a great looking place. Fantastic. Do you not find it distracts you away from watching live sessions of Australian Parliament, though? Both, both, both screens on at once, Glenn. You'd be surprised how much you can enjoy Wanaka while watching Anthony Albanese in Canberra. Call me weird. Well, we do. Um, is uh, go, choosing to go somewhere and ride on a cycleway based on somebody's recommendation based on their virtual riding of that cycleway, is that like hiring somebody uh, for a government position without reading his CV or checking his CV? No, it's too, quite too complicated. I'm ending the podcast. Uh, just today, but not completely. I'll be back again with another one tomorrow. See you then.